0: I'm Nuno Gomes,
1: and this is Proxima Jornada. Hello, and welcome to episode number two of the Proxima Jornada podcast with me, Aaron Barton. Now, today's episode will be the interview that we recently conducted with SC Forensis Ryan Gould, and it was a great experience to get in the mind of an intelligent, supremely talented footballer. He, at just 24 years of age, has already been through so much, moving to Portugal at a young age, and... Sort of taking that decision, uh, a leap of faith to move to a new country to learn a lewd language. And when things didn't go well, to go out on loan and and sort of develop as not only as a footballer but as a person. It's a fantastic interview and that's a credit to Ryan. He's very honest and he's very frank about his assessment on himself, um, his decisions and, and also his experiences. Just a word on the audio quality. It was a phone conversation on loudspeaker recorded between myself and Ryan. It wasn't initially intended to be released as a podcast, but just as a written interview, which you can read now on proxima journadacom However, I've went through the process of re-recording my questions uh, and also I've tried to clean Ryan's audio as best as I can. Ryan was travelling at the time, so it was on loudspeaker, so there's bound to be interference in the background and there's times when his audio goes... A little bit quiet and then it might shoot up in volume, so I do apologize for that, but it shouldn't detract from the quality of the interview. He, as I say, was a fantastic guest and um I won't give too much of the interview away. I hope that you enjoy it. Thank you again to Ryan and Ryan's team for allowing it to happen. And um thank you for listening. So first of all, Ryan, I'd like to just get your perspective on how you feel the season's going so far it's Forenza's first in the top flight since 2001-02 you recently got your first uh, victory against Bovista, a 3-1 win and a, a very good win at that but just from my perspective I feel like Forenza have been in a lot of games they've, you know, right into right up until the final whistle and then for one reason or another have ended up coming away with nothing, um, how do you see the season so far and, and what do you think the key areas to, to improve on going forward
0: Um. Yeah, I think I think uh, we finally got our first win on Sunday, and I think it was long overdue. and um, we've been playing really well uh, ever since the first game. Like the first game was, a, it was different. We conceded in the first minute, and we went down to ten at the start of the second half. Um, but the results have been really harsh on us because we've been in every single game we've played, uh, even like away against Benfica. Um, so it, it's definitely been coming. Um, there's there, there was a lot of new faces in the squad as well, a lot of new boys, and um, the more we're, you know, getting time on the pitch together, then um, you can see by the performances that we've grown, and
1: thankfully we were able to get our, our first win. Yeah, 100%. I think that's you know, a very fair assessment, and to be honest, I think in football it's it is like that. As it's sometimes you feel like every decision is going against your club week in week out, and then. Sometimes you can't believe your luck. Uh, I, I think in Forenz's case, it's just hoping that it uh, swings and roundabouts type of thing and it comes back in the middle or the end of the season where decisions start going for the club in their favour. And, you know, that, that obviously affects team performance and, and where you are in the table. Football's decided on those on those moments. So, yeah, uh, and even just hearing you speak about the the squad itself, you know, there's undoubted quality in that squad. We saw that last season with the promotion push and then obviously a lot of new faces have came in so I don't doubt there'll be plenty more good results coming, coming Forenz's way and, and slowly move up the table. So we spoke a little bit about where you are at the moment, playing for friends and putting in great performances week in week out, but I'd like to just go back to your initial decision to come to Portugal. Uh, you joined Sporting after you know, onto the scene for Dundee United. Uh, came onto the scene as a, a 16, 17-year-old. Putting in the type of performances that were linking you with clubs like Liverpool and Manchester United. Uh, Other Premier League clubs were interested as well. Um, but the decision to come to Portugal to, to want to play for Sporting. To want to say, right, I'm going to Lisbon. That's where I'm going to play my football. Certainly not a safe option. We see it a bit more today in 2020 with British players. But... I just want to get your, what motivated you to make that decision, because it certainly wasn't the easy option. Um, Well,
0: to be honest, ever since I can kind of remember, like back to 12, 13 years old, I always wanted to um, play abroad in Europe if I I got the chance. And uh, when I started doing well at United, there was a lot of clubs interested, like... uh, like you said, um, Man United and stuff, but there was actually no, as far as I'm aware, there was no concrete offers, um, apart from the offer from Sporting. And when I heard about the offer, um, you know, when my ambition was always to play abroad, so I was very eager from the start. And um, I've been asked quite a lot, if because things didn't work out great at Sporting, I've actually I've been asked quite a lot if I regret the move, Um, but it's I think the same every time, like, when that offer came in, um, it was what I wanted to do, and it was a chance that I didn't know if I was ever going to get the the opportunity to play abroad again, so um, when the opportunity came, um, I grabbed it with both hands
1: and it took me here. That's fascinating to hear that it's always always so sort of been there you've had this burning desire to go and play in Europe and to go and play abroad since before you were even kicking on it at Dundee United and do you think that's got something to do perhaps with your playing style you take a player like yourself you know tremendous technical ability you've got a, a low center of gravity and um, quite small in terms of you know stature and size and a player like yourself doesn't rely too much on the physical attributes of the game, but more. Your skill set, and I say your technical ability, whereas our preconceptions of those type of players, those type of players, are that they play, you know, in the likes of Portugal, the likes of Spain, uh, where the focus perhaps a bit more on the technical side rather than the physical. Was that? Do you think that was a factor in your decision to go abroad? Um, uh, I did look at that
0: side of it, I suppose, yeah, because I watched a lot of the way Xavi and Iniesta would play, um. And you, you didn't see too many players like that, you know, like small, more technical players. You didn't see too many of them playing in, in Scotland and England. And so, like I, I watched a lot of their games. I watched a lot of um, Spanish football, Italian football, and it's hard to it's hard to say what it was, but I just I really liked watching it, and um, ever since way back then, and kind of like I was saying, watching Xavi Iniesta. Um, I kind of got the idea in my head that I would like to try and play abroad and um, you know, see, see how I could get
1: on, see how I could progress. I think you can definitely see that in the game, in your game. You can see those influences uh, on, on the way you play, your style of play. And you mentioned there about not having any regrets about moving to Sporting. They were the club that gave you your first opportunity in Portugal. Now I just want to talk about the loan moves because I think they play a, you know a crucial part in your career. The lo- the original move in sport might not have went to plan. Uh, and just for the listeners at home, Ryan joined Sport in 2014. He was then loaned out for the 2016-17 season to Vitória who um who were playing in the Premier League at the time. He was then loaned to Desportivo Aves the following season, 2017-18 season. And he also spent time on loan of friends, who are obviously his uh, his permanent club now. After his uh, he made that transfer permanent in two thousand and nineteen. So, Ryan, what did you learn from those loan moves? Because I imagine he was a stark contrast, both on and off the pitch. You know, settling into a new environment, meeting new players, meeting new people, and also the two clubs that are outside of the big three and we know the financial disparity between the top and, and the bottom clubs, shall we say. So what did you learn from those loan moves? Um well
0: the, I was initially leaving just to try and get the opportunity to play um, first league football. Um and I kinda I learned a lot in terms of uh, sport and you're kinda you're giving everything, everything's handed to you on a plate, really like Everything you could, everything you could uh, hope for and wish for, um, and then going out on loan, you kind of see that um, the more the clubs outside of the big five, would you say, in, in Portugal, um, they've not got the greatest of conditions. Um, so there is um, kind of learning from that side of it as well. But the main, the main aim was, you know, getting. Um, minutes in the first division, which I I was happy to you know, I finally broke into the team, I think I played five or six games and then um, that loan got cut short Um, and then abs, I had ups and downs I had a good start to the season but then I got injured and the managers we swapped managers a few times uh, but it still ended well with us winning the cup so You know, there's been
1: ups and downs on all the loan spells I've had. I've just tried to take the positive side out of it. Yeah, I do feel it's very important in terms of your career. You haven't spent the majority of your time in Portugal just at Sporting, at a top, top club where you wouldn't know any difference. You've been on loan to these clubs where things aren't as great, the facilities aren't as great and, you know, it's not silver spoon treatment all the time. And that moulds you not only as a player, but also as a person. And, you know, when things did get difficult, you always sort of fall through. And I do think that's that's admirable. And, and now we're seeing today, you know, you're flourishing. And, you know, it was only just a matter of time. Now, I just want to talk about the Hibs loan. Now, I've heard you speak about it before. And I know it was, you know, obviously a frustrating time for you. So just for those listening at home, Ryan in the midst of these loans in Portugal, also went on loan to Hibernian, Hibs, uh, in his native Scotland. Now, the time at Hibs was was hampered by injury, um, and I know it must have been incredibly frustrating, and Ryan spoke on it before, but I just wanted to to add in another question there, Ryan. Do you think it was more frustrating because it was your homecoming? Because it was the first time you were returning to Portugal, and you sort of wanted to show... This is Ryan Gould today. This is what I can do. This is what I'm capable of. And so to give them a little bit of an update as to what you've been up to since you departed the country in 2014, and just just talk me through how you felt at that time at Hibs. Uh,
0: yeah, it was it was definitely frustrating um, because I felt like Hibs was a great opportunity and a great platform to kind of show how I've progressed since I left the United, um, and so it was frustrating that I was never actually. Properly, hundred percent fit in my time there. Um, obviously, apart from the first three or four games until I got the injury. Um, so yeah, that was really, that was really frustrating. But um, I suppose you just got to deal with that. Things that get thrown at you in, in football. And um, luckily, I was after that loan spell. I was given the opportunity at Flint.
1: And that more or less takes us full sale. You speak at the end there about. Being given a chance by Ferenc, who are obviously now your current club. Um, last season, for those who are listening who aren't too are aware, uh, Friends were magnificent. Ryan was magnificent. Uh, they were promoted automatically. They finished second in the Liga Pro, which is the Portuguese second tier. Uh, Ryan capped it off with an individual award. He won the division's best player uh, in recognition of his fantastic work. Now, aside from the accolades, aside from the promotion... Just how important was that season for you personally as a player, playing week in, week out and, and sort of getting your rhythm back?
0: Um, I think it was huge because it's the first the first year that I've actually played week in, week out for a long time. Um, and I was playing a lot of 90 minutes. It was the fittest I think I've, I've ever felt that I've ever been. Um, and that, I think that showed on the pitch because I was in you could see I was enjoying it I had my highest scoring season Um, I'm not too sure on assists I think I might have had more assists at Dundee United but um, I think it was my most productive season Um, and it it gave me the confidence um, and the club gave me they also gave me that confidence to go out and you know kind of prove a point that um, that I could come good and I was
1: have an opportunity in the first league? 100% you, as you say there, you, you wanted a chance in the first division, you didn't move to a club who were in the first division, you, you, know, you were in the second tier and you helped them get promoted, so it's not a chance you've just been given, it's a chance you've earned and you must be delighted now to be playing week in week out. It's the whole reason you came to Portugal, you said before you wanted to come and play Week in week out in the Premier League and now now you've got the opportunity to do so, and it feels like twenty fourteen when you first moved. You know we're now going towards twenty twenty one. It's been a long. It's been a long period, uh, of ups and downs. In terms of you as a player, you're still only twenty four years of age, which, is just, is baffling, <laughs> to be honest, because, you've been on the scene for that long, uh, and then you think, you're not even. At your peak here, you're not. You haven't. You haven't gave the wealth what I imagine you want to give. Do you think there's a lot more to come from Ryan Gold? Uh,
0: definitely, I would say I've, I've not reached, um, you know, where I would like to, where I would like to think I can reach. Um, you know, I've still got intentions to play at even higher levels than um than what I'm at just now, and uh, hopefully the best is still to come. Um, and like you said, I'm only. I'm only 24 and I've had a lot of experiences to, um, to kind of build on in the last uh, six, seven, eight years. So um, I'm hopeful that um, like this confident phase that I'm kind of in, I'm hoping it can continue and um, I'll be able to push
1: on um, even more in my career. Yeah, it's clear to see, uh, it's clear to hear rather when you speak, you can... You can hear the ambition that you've got. You can hear the confidence in your own capability. And as a player, you will know yourself better than anybody else. You'll know what you're truly capable of and the heights that you can reach. So, yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think you've got a lot more to come. Playing fantastically well at the moment. Um, long may it continue. Now, this does take me on to the inevitable question. The question that's I already know the answer to, shall we say... Uh, the Scotland national team. So you have played for the Scotland national team up until the under-21 level. At this point in time, you remain uncapped for the senior side. Is that, as I say, it's a question that I already know the answer to, but is that still there in the back of your mind as, as one of your big aims in football? And like, has that always been there, playing for your country, playing for Scotland? Yeah, definitely.
0: I think, yeah, uh if you ask if you ask anyone any any player, you know, one of the what they want to achieve the most, a lot of them would say the one of the highest goals is playing for your country. Um so, you know, I've still I've still got plenty of time. I'm still just twenty four like we said, but um I've still got time to hopefully prove if that, you know, I'm worth I'm worth a call up and um all I can really do is keep my head down and keep working hard like i've been doing the last um the last year and a half or so and hopefully the um the results will, will come as well but you know that's that's out of my hands um i can only keep doing what i've been
1: doing and uh, keep trying to improve myself yeah as i say it's one of those i already knew the answer going into it but now it's it's good to just to hear you talk about. Um, wanting to you know obviously get your head down and it's out of your hands but clearly clearly know how much it means to you and, and I think you know I speak certainly on behalf of myself and I speak probably on behalf of other f- Portuguese football supporters. They you know they'd be delighted to see you represent your country. As you say, it's it's something every player or most players want to do. Um, and I you know I don't think it's far away. You're playing week in, week out. Not only are you playing, you're playing well you're versatile. Uh, that's something that I want to get onto now because seeing you play you know, out wide, you played up at the top end of the pitch. You play in the number ten, a little bit deeper. Um, you know, pulling stings from uh, deeper in midfield. Where do you see yourself uh, as? Not so much your best position, but where do you enjoy playing football the most? What gives Ryan Gold the most joy? What whereabouts on the pitch? And don't just say anyway. Not that cliche answer of "I'll play where the gaffer wants me to." I think I feel more, well.
0: I feel most comfortable, and I think that you see the best of me when I'm playing behind the striker, um, like a number ten role. Um, I feel like that's when you know you get the most out of me. Um, I don't. I don't mind as well playing out wide. I just feel like um, you know I've got more influence on the game when I'm. Um, When I'm
1: playing in the middle So I would say that's my preferred position And also where I think I can Give the most Impact the game the most Yeah Yeah. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you I think it gives you that licence to Sort of pop up in those pockets and find space Must be a nightmare for defenders to mark Just something Just hit me Can't believe I forgot to bring it up earlier This is just for the listeners at home, a bit of context. When we were speaking about the the bad luck, Ryan, he was slipped in uh, a pass against Ryoav and he's bearing down on goal. Keeper comes out and he slides it past the keeper. I think he slides it through to keep his his legs. Keeper follows through, clatters Ryan. Ball hits the back of the net and uh, the ref blows his whistle. And I think most people watching are thinking, yeah, it's a goal. The refs blew his whistle for a foul the other way, and the goal is chalked off. And he couldn't go to VAR because he'd he'd already blown up for the for the earlier foul. So, just Ryan talked me through. We're speaking about some decisions not going your way. I mean, I think everyone in Portugal could see that that was a legitimate goal. Oh, I, can't, I couldn't believe it! At the time. <laughs> like when I seen the ball
0: going in, and then the refs blown his whistle, and I thought he must he must be given a penalty or something but you know when you go back and watch it it's it gets it kind of gets worse every time now if anything it, it was a foul for against me
1: yeah uh, unfortunately you know that decision went against
0: us and uh, we, we were unable to take in into the game um which kind of makes the, the decision hurt most like if we managed to win 1-0 then it wouldn't it wouldn't be so bad that losing 1-0 um
1: and we had a perfectly good goal chalked off, it was, it was uh, frustrating, yeah. Yeah, and I know we touched on it at the start of the the interview there about some of the decisions not going Ferenza's way. I mean, that was just a massive example. And, you know, we, we have a little bit of a laugh about it there, but that's only because the decision's gone. You know, the game's finished, there's nothing you can do about this. You've just got to look back and think, you know, that's some seriously poor officiating, but... At the time, friends still didn't have their first win. You know, the, the victory against Boavista hadn't happened yet. So, and as you say, that's at nil-nil. You go on and lose the game 1-0, it's incredibly frustrating, and it? It must be. And even worse for yourself, given that it was you who scored the goal. But, uh, yeah, no, that sort of takes us to, to the end. Um, I always like to ask... The same questions at the end of the interview, just to get a little bit of insight into your experience as a player. So I always ask, "Best player you've played against? Best player you've played with, and why?" Um. So the best I've
0: played against would probably be Rabio. Um. That played. We played France under twenty ones. Um. Against Adrian Rabio. I think he's at Juventus now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. He was at, um, he was at PSG as well. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm never got to need him for 90 <laughs> minutes. just that game. Uh, and then the best i played with, uh, Nani would be up there. Um, his quality was just incredible. Individual quality. Yeah. Uh, who else could? the I played with. Uh, the the two midfielders in the sporting team when I first went there, Adrian Silva and William Carvalho, Oof. they they were a very good um, you know midfield pairing and in training. The the way they played together and also individually. Um, they were both unbelievable and you know I kinda tried to mirror my game a little bit when I first came over on Adrian. Yeah uh, Was in my second year I, I was playing The uh, number 8 position So I was kind of watching him And trying to uh, Mirror him And Pereira That's at West Brom now um, I played with them When they were 17, 18 In the B team And you could see Even then That they were You know They were different They had something about them Yeah uh, Really talented boys
1: Yeah They're both doing really well Mateus Pereira you no know, last season did very well in the championship, and obviously he's now playing in the Premier League. And then Daniel Padens at Wolves. Uh, I think you'll see a lot more of Padens this season as well, with with um, Diogo Jota moving on to Liverpool. So yeah, hopefully we see see more of him because he's such a talented player as well. But it sort of brings us to the end of our our, our interview there. So. Again, I'd just like to say thank you for taking the time out to speak to me, to speak to Proxima John Adder, and I'm sure our listeners and readers will be you know, excited to listen to this. I've got no doubt that when things go back to normal, we'll catch up again, perhaps at the end of the season. But good luck for the rest of, of the campaign, and yeah, we'll be watching on with great interest. Yeah, perfect. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That's the Proxima John Adder interview with Ryan Gold. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed conducting it. Uh, he's a, you know, a fantastic person, a fantastic player, and I know the audio experience might not have been ten out of ten. Uh, obviously, he, I was on loudspeaker. We were chatting on the phone. Again, one of the, um, one of the negatives to not being able to conduct a face to face interview, but hopefully the re-recording of several questions on my end helped the experience a little bit. Uh, if you'd enjoyed the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Apple Music, you can rate the podcast. Uh, you can give it stars. You know, we'd love it if you could give it five stars and leave a little review. Or if you're listening on any other um, streaming service, device, whatever, share it, tweet it. Um, you know, get it out there. The more listens, the better. But yeah, that so that's the Prostima at the podcast. And that's episode two. The Proxima Jornada interview with Ryan Gold. Thank you for listening. Take care and make sure to join us on the next episode of the Proxima Jornada podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Proxima Jornada podcast with me, Aaron Barton. Now today's episode will be the interview that we recently conducted with SC Forenz's Ryan Gold, and it was a great experience to get in the mind of an intelligent, supremely talented footballer. He, at just 24 years of age, has already been through so much, moving to Portugal at a young age and sort of taking that decision, uh, a leap of faith to move to a new country, to learn a lewd language, and when things didn't go well, to go out on loan and and sort of develop, as, not only as a footballer, but as a person. It's a fantastic interview, and that's a credit to Ryan. He's very honest and he's very frank about his assessment on himself, um, his decisions, and, and also his experiences. Just a word on the audio quality. It was a phone conversation on loudspeaker recorded between myself and Ryan, it wasn't initially intended to be released as a podcast, but just as a written interview, which you can read now on proxima journadacom However, I've went through the process of re-recording my questions, uh, and also I've tried to clean Ryan's audio as best as I can. Ryan was travelling at the time, so it was on loudspeaker, so there's bound to be interference in the background, and there's times when his audio goes a little bit quiet and then it might shoot up in volume so i do apologize for that but it shouldn't detract from the quality of the interview he as i say was a fantastic guest and um, i won't give too much of of the interview away i hope that you enjoy it thank you again to ryan and ryan's team for allowing it to happen and um, thank you for listening